We are back. Welcome to Chapter 69 of our podcast. After postponing our visit to Belvez several times, we finally were able to make it and take in this beautiful village. Apparently, someone was coronated over the last little while, and of course, the French had something to say about that. This is Jeff and Julie moved to France during a global pandemic. Well, uh, we want to thank you for bearing with us for the last week. We really needed some time off to do some important clothes shopping. (laughs) And, uh, you know, uh, I know, contrary to popular belief, I am not what you would call a slave to fashion. Um, No, but you like what you like. I like what I like, and every 25 years, I need to go uh, buy some clothes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're pretty amazing, because you do it, you know, in a very, like, it's a mission. You have a list. Well, I'd rather go to war. I would rather participate in a war somewhere. But you have to admit that our Toulouse shopping trip was easy peasy. Huge success. So here's, folks, this is how you do it, okay? First of all. This is how you do it. Well, this is how everyone should do it, because shopping is just, it should almost be banned. Um, So we get out of the parkade there. That's what we call a parking lot in Saskatchewan. So we get out of the parkade, and uh, we walk, I'm going to say, four minutes. Yeah, roughly a few blocks, yeah. And you turned to your left, and you said, there's a store that you might like. And it wasn't a window front. Like, no. it was, I don't even know how you saw this place. <laughs> well, you know how I like to look in, you know, nooks and crannies, and, and I saw in this hallway a, sh- a showcase of clothes that I thought had your name written all over them. Yeah, so, like, I like, and, and you're right on this, I like an American style of clothes. I like cotton, g- good quality cotton. But I like cotton pants. I like cotton. What do you call this? Like a sweatshirt. I hate using the word sweatshirt. But what do you, what do you call this? Like a, a long sleeve top. Oh, there, there's that <laughs> word I hate. Top. No man uses that word. But you, you also like the American fit. Yeah, I like the American fit. Yeah, just a little looser. Here in France, things are a little tight, and I'm, I, you know, I, I don't have the body for that, and uh, I don't like the feeling of it. So. Um, so we walk into the store. We're the only ones there. They had just opened. Yeah. And yeah, they were, just opened. There it were, was 10 o'clock. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and there were four uh, sales clerks mm-hmm. and very, very nicely, not aggressively, um, showed us to where the section that you, you know, where you were looking for. Yeah. Beautiful. And, and just a beautifully uh, laid out store. Yes. And yes. clean and. And so we went to the trouser section because you were trousers. looking trousers. We were looking for <laughs> trousers now. Pants. You were looking for pants. Tops and trousers? No. That is not in my vernacular. Trousers. Well, khakis or yeah, well, yeah. anyway, long pants. Yeah. Uh, and you found <laughs> that, That's a lovely slack you're wearing, Jeff. <laughs> And you found one pair that and, fit beautifully. And I just go Okay, these fit great. That color, that color, that color, and that color. Put them in a bag. Yep. That's how I Four shop. Four pairs of pants. Boom. Boom. And then shorts. Shorts. That color, that color, that color, in the bag. Boom. Boom. Then t-shirts. Yep. And then... Boom. Yep. We're out. We're gone. And so much stuff that we walked back to the parkade and dumped it all in the trunk. And I'm 20 minutes into the shopping trip. I'm done. 
<laughs> I, that, that is how you shop. Yes. Well, you you weren't exactly done. No, no. The, well, we, we trickled around and we, oh, there's a shirt. I'll pick that up and blah, blah, blah. But, but with the pressure off, then I can enjoy, like, because I really needed to find, and I was nervous about the pants because mm-hmm. they're very different here. And then you go and find this store that has kind of American style fitting and I'm set. And clothing not made in no, we China. Don't, no, we can't do China. So yeah, you did. You did really well. I bought zero. Yeah, you bought zero. <laughs> Nothing. But I don't do well the way you do in-person shopping. No, you do great online. I though. do online shopping. I love my website. I love Ukes. Uh, it's it's a net apporté uh, subsidiary, and yesterday I received my box and <laughs> tried on my clothes. There's maybe two things that I'm going to send back. That's easy. I just put a sticker back on the box, send it off, mm-hmm. and I'm done. Yeah, and you, you know this is I, I I'm amazed at what you get for the prices you you get it for because it's Italian. It's all Italian wear. It's just absolutely beautiful mm-hmm. uh, fabrics, beautiful construction, and the I'm telling you this. What is it? Y O O X. Yes. But don't buy Julie's sizes, and and because she needs to yeah. have access to all this all the stuff. That's, anyway, that, that's a nice tip. It's it's two different ways of shopping, yeah. and I I like not having to be in a in a little dressing room trying things on. Oh, uh, I you know. hate it. So I like I trying things it. on in the privacy of my bedroom, and 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 you know the other thing I hate about trying I hate trying shirts on because you know my hair is very sensitive, <laughs> and I like I like my hair, and I get it all I, I get it just the way I want it. And then if you're doing shirts on and off, and you got curly hair, you know what happens fuzzy, and then all of a sudden you look like the guy from Air Supply. And I don't want to look <laughs> like the guy from Air Supply. Well, at least you don't have to worry about lipstick and makeup. No, that's true. Right. But uh, hey, it was a very successful. Oh, and and while we were there, of course, we saw a protest. Of course, because you can't go to a, a, a city bigger than you know. Uh, uh, or the size of Toulouse or Bordeaux without seeing a protest these days. There was some union thing going on or yeah, something right the, outside uh, public, our restaurant. The public transportation workers were on strike and mm. they were... How did they, they were... get there? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> but you know what was actually sad is the couple that were showing up at City Hall to get married <gasps> and they didn't know what to do because they had, bar- they had locked the, in- the entrance. Yeah. So they couldn't go in. They couldn't go in. Um, it was like, uh, oh, if, if you go in here to get married, you're, you're walking across our picket line or whatever. But, but uh, yeah, they ha- and, and, these, and even if they had got in, I mean, they were making the bugles again and the rackets and the clanging of the pots and the whole business making a, a big, and music and the whole thing. I mean, I... <laughs> she, the bride was on her cell phone and I think she was about to have a nervous breakdown. Yeah, yeah. She was outside <laughs> in the middle of the square. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we had a really, really good time. Toulouse, I, I, I got to say, we never get tired of this city. It's just wonderful. It's very historic. There are just a boatload of great restaurants and boutique shops. Uh, if you're coming to uh, France in the southwest of France, you've got to include Toulouse in your in your itinerary because it is just, we just love and it's, going. It's it's vibrant. Yeah. There, there's a lot of young people. It's mm-hmm. a university town. <laughs> so, you know, it's it, it, it kind yeah. of gives you a little boost. Yeah. Um, like it's cocoon around here, okay? <laughs> Where we live, it's just. <laughs> like, like we're the spring chickens. Yeah. Oh, so. Yeah. <laughs> what are you young kids doing tonight? 
Oh my God. It's unbelievable. Anyway. <laughs> but, uh, hey, uh, so we were over at uh, Olivier and Segalines, our, our good friends here, and uh, this thing was beeping in their garden. I go, what the hell's that? And Segaline <laughs> says, oh, that's for the, what is it, taupe? Taupe. Yeah, yeah. Les, les taupe, which, which are the moles. And they're like, we've talked about this on, on past podcasts. Oh, yeah. Our, the, the, the hill that descends from the pool, from the pool had, Last summer or last spring had, I want to say, 20 molehills. Well, I, what I, I took pictures of it from last year, so I will go back in the archives. I'll include a photo of last year's molehills. Yeah. And then so this device that Segaline had, and she was kind of almost embarrassed. Like she thought it was a wackadoo kind of thing because she said, well, we put it in the garden, but there were moles here and there are no more moles. So, so I, I, I'm willing to try anything at this point because every time I have to cut the grass, I have to, I have to clean all of the, and it's like a wheelbarrow full of dirt so that my mower will make it over these mole hills. So anyway, it, it, it goes in the ground. And then it has a solar... Uh, yeah, ours has the solar. I think the one that we saw over at, at Ségolène and Olivier's was a battery-run one. Oh, I see. But the one... I, this is the only one I found at, at the hardware store. Right. And I thought, ooh, 50 euros. Yeesh. Not sure if that's going to be worth it, but... That's a lot to spend on some wackadoo uh, piece of technology. So I just... I, I only bought one. Right. Um, but I read on the packet that it covers 750 meters. Well, that's a lot. Yeah. So... Bring it home. Since we have planted this in the ground, not one molehill, they are out of here. Zero. This thing emits a very high-pitched beep, and I'm not sure if it's accompanied by a some sort of a vibration because you really have to plant the thing. It's about a foot into the ground. Mm-hmm. And gone. These yeah. little buggers are gone. I don't know where the hell they went, but I don't care. They're not on my hill. Yeah, well... Mole-free. Mole-free. So I'll include a picture of this device. And if you have this kind of problem, this is what I recommend. It worked. Okay. All, All right. right. Oh, it's another French holiday today. <laughs> May, like, don't even bother. No one's going to work. Like, May is, is off month. So it's Ascension Day today. Okay. It marks... 40 days after Easter Sunday. So all these holidays, or most of them, have a religious, a Catholic religious significance. Which is really weird because France is secular. Mm-hmm. But my feeling is that they have observed the Catholic and the religious holidays, the mass of ones. Historically. Yeah. Historically, because you're not going to be taking any holidays away from the French. No. That no. would be, that would be. No. Yeah. That would be akin to raising the retirement age. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, they, they tried to do that. Like back in after the re- revolution, they tried to remove the religious holidays. But there was such a protest that they just said, okay, we'll keep them. Protest. Boy, this is the country of protests, I got to say. It really is. But no, and, and good for them. I mean, they, they observe these things. And, and you know, here's the thing. So uh, Ascension Day is on a Thursday this this year. So chances are most people won't be at work today. No, which they is do the, what they call the, uh, le pont, right? The yeah. bridge. Yeah. They they if if it's a Thursday, they take the Friday off yeah. so that they have an extra long yeah. weekend. Yeah. So it, it's it, and it's hard to tell what's open and what's not. Mm-hmm. Um, it turns out that most grocery stores are going to be open today, at least for half a day. Half a day. Well, there you go. Yeah, but everything else except for les boulangeries. 
Yeah, you got to have your bread. Got to have your bread. Yeah. So uh, Ascension Day, and then isn't there something going on next week as well? Some holiday? I know in Can. Isn't it May two four in? It's May two four. Yeah. In Canada. So Monday's a holiday, I believe, in Canada, but I don't. I don't think, think it's, it is here. Re- remarkably. But there's another May holiday. I just. Yeah. I'm I, I'm I'm a little confused. I'm not sure when that lands. I think that's called Holidays Holiday, where they take a holiday from all of the holidays. <laughs> I think that's what happens there. Yeah. All right. You know, you're going to have to carry the ball on this one. I had a discussion with my mom. It didn't go well because I was making jokes about the king and the whole, because I'm not uh, I'm not into this stuff right. at all. Well, while we were off, King Charles III. Yeah. And, and, you know, uh, mom, I, I shouldn't have been making the joke, but they were just, I was just having fun. And then, but she takes the thing very seriously. So I just buttoned it up and we, and we just, we just don't talk about it. It's just not for me. I, the whole royal thing for Canada, it's not for me. Well, for a lot of, of Brits, it's not for them. It's not for them either. Like sixty percent, apparently. But you had it on in the kitchen, and I would, <laughs> I would, I was, I was working, I was doing lots of, and I'd walk through, and I'd just look over there, and I'd just go, "Holy cow, this is so out of touch!" But no, whatever. <laughs> hey, it only happens every sixty or so years, so well, fill your well, boots. He'll be lucky if it's sixty. <laughs> oh years. no, no, it won't be sixty for him. Yeah, that's that's true. But no, it just just that the last time it happened was. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. but anyway, you you take it away with the capes and the robes and the scepters. Yeah, it was, and it the, was pomp and circumstance, yeah. and you know. But he tried. He, he was trying to keep it smaller, certainly than his mum's coronation. She couldn't even walk in that thing, like that. Whatever that she was, had that a dress. Time, yeah, that she, dress. It was, a, it was kind of a coat dress. Right. She had a hard time, and then add the crown on top. I felt really poor. Camilla. She seemed to be. Uh, <laughs> she seemed to be inconvenienced by the crown because it was d- dodging up her hair. It's probably also very heavy. Uh-huh. So trying to keep your head up up right. with a crown, I'm, uh-huh. I'm sure, is a bit of a challenge. I bet it is. But they're trying to do everything, you know, more uh, subdued, less extravaganza. Uh, you know, so you know they're 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 just trying to pare it down so it doesn't appear so extravagant. You know what I loved? I loved that. Uh, what's his name? Harry had seats. He probably had to buy them from a scalper because <laughs> he was. <laughs> yeah, he, he was. was <laughs> who's looking for tickets? <laughs> he, was, he was. You know, he was in the third row. Yeah, and he was seated behind. Uh, Princess Anne, yeah. who was wearing headgear. Oh, so he, could, he couldn't, they, see. couldn't see. <laughs> <laughs> they probably said, I say, Anne, uh, if you could make your, your, your chapeau uh, especially tall, that would be just lovely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know, the coronation did make news here in France. Yeah. And that's because of the choice of the official... Um, food for the coronation. This is almost like the Masters, where the returning champion, you know, makes dinner for everybody. Uh, so, what so, is? That? I didn't even know there was. So yeah, I think with Queen Elizabeth, it was a chicken curry kind of dish okay. that became the official dish of the coronation. Right. Uh, this coronation, Charles and Camilla chose a, a quiche. Okay. Which was controversial <laughs> because their quiche. This is the recipe for the quiche, officially from the royal website. Milk, double cream, two eggs, chopped fresh tarragon, Can salt and pepper, talking about cheddar cheese, <laughs> spinach, and cooked broad beans. Do you know what broad beans are? No. They're like fava beans. Fava, fava, fava. Yeah. <laughs> so all of a sudden, the grand... A nice, 
With a nice Chianti. <laughs> yes, that's what they're known for. Yeah. But all of a sudden, the Grand Master of the Brotherhood of the Quiche Lorraine. Oh, here, here we go. France Ev- got a complaint uh, yep. about something. Her, her name is Evelyn Muller Devereaux. Okay. Oh, no, Dervaux. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Don't and, get that. Don't screw that up or no. she'll be calling us. <laughs> yeah, and so she was, <laughs> she was asked by the press, you know, what, what she thought of King Charles's recipe. And she said, I think I would call it a savory tart and not a quiche. Because there's a, a protocol uh, to the quiche Lorraine. Here there's we a go. long history of the quiche. This is, this is almost like you can't call any sparkling wine outside of champagne champagne. Right. Well, quiche Lorraine was, dates back to the 15th century. Okay. And it started in a little town between France and Germany. Oh. Called Lothringen. Okay. And um, Lothringen, uh, it was um, a farming community. And so this was invented by just making a a crust of bread and then throwing whatever you had on the farm. So, you know, the original recipe was cream, eggs, smoked bacon, or lardons, as they say. Those Ooh. are cubes of lard. Now um, we're talking. And they're cooked on a bread base in a cast iron skillet. That was it. So what ingredient do you see missing in in the e- quiche Lorraine? Eggs? No, nope, they're eggs. eggs. Cream, eggs, smoked bacon, or lardons. Uh, uh, what am... Cheese? That's right. Yeah. So you cannot call a quiche Lorraine a quiche Lorraine... If there's cheese in it. Oh, really? Because it, I, I thought there was uh, that was standard that you put the cheese in. Well, there. it evolved over time. I mean, I mean, here's the thing. I'm sure in Canada we got quiche Lorraines at the at the at the Sobeys that have cheese in them. You don't hear this woman flying off her handle on that. Well, it might just be called a quiche. No, no, no. You see it. You see quiche Lorraine in the it could supermarket. Be. It, it could be, but. It, over time, it evolved in North America. Like, you know, it, it's become so popular for brunches and, and, and yeah. you know, lunches and parties. And it's easy to make and it's it's not costly to produce. So I think it, it evolved and it became, you know, where we started adding cheese and adding other elements, other fruits and vegetables, onions. But all this just to illustrate illustrate that the French must have something to complain about. They just if they wake if they wake up in the morning and they don't have anything to complain about here, uh then something they they've got to find something. And this is so petty. As much as I'm not a coronation, uh, you know, a, a royal uh watcher, this is so petty to me. Well, you know, they're just doing their job. They feel they want to keep the integrity of the original. And so, yeah, uh, the the French. And instead of bringing attention to that, they've brought attention to just how petty they can be. Okay, uh, that's enough about that. I think, don't you think? Do you have more on the quiche? Uh, n- no, just that now it's so popular in the U.S. that there's a, a national quiche day, <laughs> and it's coming up on on May twentieth. Okay, perfect. So there you go. All right. I, I wonder if the this lady's going to complain about that because it's in Etazuni. I don't know. Hey, I'm uh, working on my second project here uh, since uh, the christening of the workshop, and that is the building of this bar. Uh, we're getting very close to the to the end, and I'm now spray painting, but we had to create a room. And I, you see, I didn't want to use up my space 
because I'm doing multiple things in this yeah, workshop. It's precious real estate for sure. So uh, we created the kill. Sorry, the uh, painting room. <laughs> I call it the Dexter room. The Dexter room. It is very simple, but it's just plastic draped over everything, so dust doesn't fall down. Mm-hmm. I can get in there and do my spray painting on and this it furniture. Controls the splatter. And yesterday, <laughs> and uh, and yesterday, I I tried out my my new little machine. Um, Pistolet. Fifty fifty on it, uh, but it did a nice job. And uh, the little room worked out great. So uh, I, I will soon, I think over the weekend, be completing the painting and then installing les meubles yep. uh, into the bar. That's exciting. And then uh, then it's the electrical and put a countertop on there and call her a day. Uh, it'll really finish up the room nicely. And move on to the next yeah, thing we, on, it, on Julie's list. <laughs> well, interesting. I mean, we, you know, we, we, we had this unfinished space for two and a half years. Yeah, so it's, not, it's, it's not not a good look. No, it's not grown up. Not so, grown up, Julie. So, you know, we're, we're just finally getting around to the finishing touches. So, Belvez is no longer <laughs> the Lindsay Buckingham of France. We went to Belvez. We went to Belvez. <laughs> And we had a lovely lunch. Yes. That was, it was really delicious. I would drive back to Belvez just, just to have lunch there again. Well, something that I never ate in my life until I moved to France was tartare, beef tartare. Which, and, is, which is not cooked beef. Yeah, it's not cooked. It's raw. It's a special kind of beef. You can't just go buy a porterhouse and eat it. <laughs> you know, you got you to gotta get the right, the right beef. But because typically the beef is just... Not what I'm used to in Canada. That's a nice way of putting it. Mm. The beef tartare is a higher grade of beef. And what they do is they, they mix it with like, you know, Worcester sauce and mustard and spices. It's one of the few things that's spicy here. Mm-hmm. And they make oh, just tiny little cubes. It just melts in your mouth. So I've become a fan of the tartare. Well, you, uh, you certainly did enjoy it. And you had a big basket full of frites mm-hmm. and a nice little salad. And it was nice enough to eat outside. We, we've been experiencing cooler weather this spring than usual, but it was a nice enough day that we were able to eat outside. And uh, and, and that was a nice way to start our visit. So I was asking you about the name of this uh, restaurant. So uh, the way you would say uh, the man would be Lum, right? So it's L apostrophe H-O-M-M-E. But right. this place was called La, and then the way you would spell home. right. So how would you? How would I, the, I think they did that on purpose. I think it's le home. Yeah, but the, the, the French they they can't do the H's like that. They I mean they would really have they would really struggle. Well, you know, in yeah, Quebec, I, I I suppose, but you know, I I think that they did it did it on pur- purpose. It's it's home. It's a hotel restaurant, and it's in Dordogne. It's in Dordogne, so. so there's a lot of English speakers. Um, there are lots of people from the Netherlands, so I think think that's why they they named it. Well, anyway, uh, we, I got to mention it because the food was just spectacular. Our server was really she funny. Was funny. She, she was funny. She was cheeky. Yeah, cheeky. Uh, <laughs> it was great, and so uh, took a couple pictures of this cool little restaurant. We did it eat outside. Yeah, it was and great. It was really nice. Yeah, it started off our our little day in Belvez, mm-hmm. and then we decided to walk through the village. It, there was not a, a bad street to walk with they're not really streets they're little you know alleyways um there's cobblestone everywhere stone houses it's very well maintained really super clean great shops great views artisans uh, great views and then it all culminates into a central square with a like a wooden 
Uh, it's a covered covered yeah, area. Yeah. yeah. yeah they would, and that's the marketplace. Yeah. That's where they would hold the marketplace since medieval times. Yeah. You know, and uh, did you notice that there there were chains on some of the the um, wooden beams? No. Yeah, that's where they used to tie up bad people. Stop it. Yeah. Typically, they would keep them there for two or three days and then let them go. And people would like go and point and laugh. I, I don't know. I, I I would imagine. Anyway, um, so we. I can see myself doing that. <laughs> so we walked by the square, and then we saw where the troglodytes. Oh, where yeah. the caves are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't go. We're going to no. keep that for another day. Yeah, we'll we'll, uh, we'll do that another time. I mean, it, it, it's really interesting. And uh, the so these troglodytes, they stayed in these caves for 500 years. This was a, a, a place that was known to house these little, little they're, I think little people, smaller, a little bit. Well, because it's very, apparently it's very small inside these caves. They have eight rooms there that you can tour. They don't re- recommend, you can't take dogs, you can't take strollers in there because it's just, it's very difficult to access. And I was reading uh, one uh, online report about it. And the guy said, and it must have been July, August, because he said they were putting way too many people in this oh. in there. So you, you go off season if you can. Like now is a perfect time, and uh, check it out. But uh, this is these are eight hundred years old now. These caves. Wow, and they're under. They're, they're six under the meters, market, right? Six meters deep. So even on a day that's thirty degrees on the outside, it's thirteen down there. They lived in thirteen degree weather. All wow. the time. Wow. These little troglodytes. Oh. Huh. Yeah. And, and like, uh, when did they stop living there? They were hunted at some point. <gasps> no. Yeah. Well, they were beggars. Oh. They were known to be the beggars, and they'd come out and beg, and then they'd go back to their little caves. And, oh, that's uh, sad. Yeah, it's, it's not a great not a great way to live. Huh. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know. Maybe it's, those are the ones that were tied up. Oh, that, on the chains. Yeah. They would tie up little troglodytes. Hmm. You're oh. just you're just supposing that now. Yeah. You're, I, you're making yeah, this a sad I, I, story now. Yeah. 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 But, uh, we, but we, anyway, we want to go see that because yeah. that's... Uh, I mean, and, it's, it's historical. Well, and there are other spots around here that had troglodytes. Uh, and caves. And, and caves. And there's lots of prehistoric mm-hmm. dwellings here. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So we definitely want to... And, and the guy said you can take pictures down there uh-huh. but he said it was really difficult because there were so many dang people so we'll go we'll go now you know at some point and yeah. we'll uh we'll take some pictures of the uh troglodyte habitations from 800 uh no, yeah 800 years ago 800 years ago wow yeah oh it it, it, it was lovely I, you know there are so many beautiful villages belvez is, is one of the most beautiful villages in france right also has that um, that honor, but there are tons of little, little vis- villages around there to go see as well. Yeah, we noticed that as we were as we were making our way over there, and again, this is up high. Belvez was, and you can look out and see. Oh, we had I, I've I've got a lot of photos of some very historic looking buildings, and one of them 
uh, when we were there. We were just walking around. There's this beautiful old building, but... <laughs> needs a little love. Well, no, it needs a ton of love. And they're converting it into uh, dwellings, I believe, and a restaurant. And it said, see in 2024. Uh, no, maybe <laughs> maybe we'll see in 2124. Because the way things go here with the trades, I don't see that getting done in a year. Well, we looked through one of the broken windows and it, it, it there's a lot of work that has to be done. Oh, yeah. Like even just shutters and, you know, having just done shutters, that's a <laughs> that's a big project. Yeah, for sure. For so sure. Uh, and but uh, outside this building, I can just see a terrace that looks out over the valley. Oh, my God. Perfect location for a, a beautiful restaurant. Yeah, I think it's going to be a, a gastronomic restaurant, a high end uh-huh. uh, and uh, and and a co-work uh, like co-worker. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Like right. Office space. Right. right. Yeah. 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 Right. yeah. yeah. Uh, and then we left there. We, we we really just didn't have time to go see the little trogs, but we will uh, we will another day. So because Julie had her package to pick up, and God forbid that we miss that. Uh, and while we were picking up Julie's package of clothes from Ukes, we were very close to Benoit de Lune de la Lune de la Lune, the ice cream guy. And I mean, this ice cream is I. I there is no ice cream. You can take all of your ice creams that you know in the world. There's nothing that compares to this stuff. Well, he's he has been in business for 15 years at that same location, and it's the weirdest location for an ice cream oh, store. It's in the middle of this industrial area across from the post office. You would never know that there's a store there because it looks like a warehouse. It does. It does. And he, they recently actually uh, acquired the space next door, and that's why when we went there— we went into a new little reception area. Right. Yes, it's all new now. He's got it all fixed up. And I, I, I went to online just to see what the story was with with uh, Benoit. And of course, De La Lune is not his real name. Wow. His real name is Rotier. Okay. Benoit Rotier. Um, and he recently got uh, the label of artisan gourmand. And only 11 people get that that honor. And it's because he is so meticulous in the production of his ice cream. You know, most ice creams, I think the minimum you you, you, you must have in order for it to be artisanal is 25% fruit. He puts 65% oh, fruit. Wow. His dry ingredients are also uh, maxed out. He's got 60 different flavors of ice creams and, and sorb- sorbets. Um, and he distributes all... Not only in our department, but in neighboring departments. He's becoming quite well wow. known in the Southwest. Most of the restaurants you go to will have that option. The better, the higher end restaurants serve his 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 product. Yeah. So. And then when we went there, I didn't realize this. You told me this uh, this morning when <laughs> yeah. it, it was him who served us. And when I saw the picture in one of the articles I read, I went, oh, he actually served us yesterday. Yeah. yeah. So that was really And cool. he was really, really friendly. I yeah. mean, as most people are here, except yeah. the ones that are always protesting and complaining. But um, yeah, he was really friendly and he appreciated our business. And, and, and it's, it's really simple. You go in there and uh, it's like three, it's a little pricey, but three little uh, Tupperware container type things um, uh, for 21 euros. Yeah, but it's it's worth it. Yeah, yeah. You get all oh, the flavor. The, like he's got chocolate and then he has... Chocolat intense. Chocolat intense. Intense, which is uh, intense chocolate, and it's just off the charts. Which which ice cream flavor is twenty percent of his business? Oh, I I would say well probably vanilla. But you're right. Yeah, and that's the first thing I ordered. Yeah, I know. A it's vanilla. B- boring, but yeah. Yeah. Oh. 
Uh, no, he he uh, he takes great pride, yeah. and it's something to be proud of. And we, we you know we live close enough that we can go pick up his product. Yeah. And uh, and enjoy it. Yeah. But not too much though. No, not too much. No. <laughs> and that brings me to the French phrase of the day. Ice cream. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> okay. La vie est comme une glace. Savourez-la avant qu'elle ne fonde. Uh, um, okay, well, I got life is like ice cream. Yep. Savourer. So is la. that is that uh, from savoir? Savourer. No. Oh, savor? Mm-hmm. Is it from yes. savor? Oui, savourer la avant. Before, uh, have that before. Qu'elle ne fonde. Yeah, you got me there. Uh, fondre is melt. Oh, right? oh, oh, you gotta, you gotta eat it before it melts. Yeah. Life is like ice cream. You gotta take. Oh yeah. So if you, uh, if you wait too long on life, you melt and you cack and you're yeah. doing a dirt nap and yeah. you didn't get to travel. <laughs> That's what that means. Yeah. So one more time. La vie est comme une glace. Savourez-la avant qu'elle ne fonde. Ha. Huh. And that's kind of what propelled us to make this crazy decision to move to France. Yeah, we didn't want to melt. Yeah. <laughs> well, we won't with this weather. No. <laughs> yeah, the weather's been just brutal lately here. And by brutal, I mean, you know, 10s and 12s and 14s. Nothing like, you know, no ice storms or any of that nonsense, but just not seasonable. Like, it, sh- it should be 25 right now. And it will be next week, but anyway, that's... Uh, that's that. Hey, we uh, before we go here, a couple, couple of quick uh, things. Um, <laughs> you found something that's never going to see the light of day because it's just more French administration that'll keep this uh, hanging in the air. But what did you see about now the driver's licenses? They're they're, ma- they're petitioning them to be on on no, your phone. No, no, it's it's not petition, not at all. The French government is taking the initiative. Oh, you mean the same initiative that that promised that that no, just no, yeah. no, the same initiative that promised. Promised that I'd have fiber oh, at boy. my house three years ago. That kind of thing. Yeah. Okay, please do go on. Uh, well, uh, so it's a there's a pilot program that's actually been green greenlit, and it'll be in a few departments. I don't think it's in ours per se, where you will have your your driver's license on your smartphone by what date, Julie? Oh, this year. Yeah, so 2035. <laughs> uh, they're thinking that by next March, uh, everyone in France will have access to it. Oh sure, and you can use it as ID. You sh- you know if you you know get uh, into a traffic situation, you can pull out your phone. Maybe you could download that app using your fiber. <laughs> so, but you know, France is at the forefront of, of digitizing and, and making making administration. You know, well, they got to be at the forefront of something. Okay, <laughs> I sound bitter, but I just I just really want the stupid fiber here. It's just I you know what when that comes in, we're dedicating four podcasts to fiber. I, I you know I just well, that'll be awfully boring. Oh, jeez, but yeah, no, no, that that's a good idea. And and don't they want to put that? Or did you mention that the health card on yeah, there? No, la carte vitale. Also, I yeah. think they they want to make sure that all of your ID is uh-huh. available on your phone. Okay, well, that's a good idea. But it's, this this project is only going to be. Um, uh, respected in France, it won't be uh, right. Like you wouldn't be able to. Yeah, for now, if if you're driving in Spain with a French driver's, you got to have the actual. Yeah. Yeah. The actual paper or card, depending on how long you've held a driver's license. Exactly. 
Okay. And you noticed that they torched another. They torched another photo radar. Now, that's the part of the French society that I like. (laughs) It's a bit violent, don't you think? And what, what did you see? I haven't seen this. Well, it was the one because uh, they have portable uh, ones. Uh, yeah, right? it's one. Of, you know those big, clunky ones that are like on the ground, that they you know move, they move around, around. Yeah. so that you, you catch people by surprise. Yeah. Well, <laughs> this one got surprised because <laughs> it, it looks like someone opened it up, put something flammable inside or explosive, and it just kaboom! It wow. was it was just just charred well that one I, I showed a few episodes ago that was pretty charred as well like they got in there i don't know how they got in there but yeah i, I, I was you know not, not in good shape yeah I, di- I didn't have time to stop and take a picture but uh mm. it it they did a really good job it's it's gone now oh that's 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 oh that's oh that's too bad that's unfortunate <laughs> all right on next week's show we will try and uh, take in josephine baker's chateau and if we have time maybe we can squeeze in the troglodyte dwelling you know, you know what? That, 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 that'd be a good name for a band, eh? The Troglodytes? No, Josephine and the Trogs. <laughs> hey, uh, good morning. It's 710, and here's Josephine and the Trogs in your cave or mine. <laughs> okay, au revoir. <laughs> <laughs>